coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. When I met him, I didn't realize that I was jumping into a relationship that had a lot of chaos and a lot of a person that had a lot of pain. And I had no clue. But even then, even when my husband was an alcoholic and a drug addict and all that, he was still super fun and super charismatic. He like drew people, you know, just we get we get together, you know, we get married. And then it just went from one bad situation to another to the place where, you know, I didn't even realize that I was married to an addict. I didn't realize I was married to a really, really, really broken person. And I was also a really, really broken person. We were just in a spiral of down, down, down. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And today I have the wonderful privilege of being with my friend, Norma Urbazo. I don't know if I said it right, but I'm trying. That's <laughs> awesome. Urbazo. <laughs> I tried. Guys, I actually practiced several times before camera was rolling and I still fail, but the effort was there. Uh, <laughs> she is in Vegas area. Is that right? Absolutely. Las Vegas. You know, that famous saying that went all over. It was like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? That element of secrecy. But we love to say what happens in Vegas goes all over the world for the Come on. Vehicles. So there's lots of good things happening in Las Vegas. Lots of spirit-filled, power-filled ministries and churches and people yeah. and just lovers uh, uh, in, of Jesus. And so, yeah, Las Vegas is awesome. Good things are happening in Vegas. So Norma and I actually twice now we've spoken for the yes. same conference. And yes. so I'm practically harassed and <laughs> going to be in prison because I keep reaching out and I'm like, I have yes. to have podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a privilege to have her with us today. I know how busy she is. Her and her husband are crazy, insane, busy. So one of the reasons I wanted to have her on the show, she is so rich and full of a gajillion things, but one in particular is her story of being married in a really hard space. And I know nobody out there can identify and resonate with man, wow, wouldn't that be nice to not be in this marriage and wanting to get out, wanting to push the eject button and just not have to deal with it anymore. But her story is interesting and she's so brave in sharing the very real unflattering parts because I think it's more human. And I think a lot of people can resonate and put themselves in the shoes. And some of you listening may be in that place right now. So I'm mm -hmm. hoping this provides courage, strength, and encouragement, as well as practical things that she did to navigate her situation so that today she does have a really sweet life-giving marriage and it's fun and they enjoy ministry together and all the things. So Norma, would you give us some context of your marriage journey? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I just want to, you know, thank you for the privilege and not only of being uh, with you today, but even, 
you know, the privilege to speak to the lives and to the hearts of everyone that is listening to my voice. Who knows the timing of when you will hear this, what the truths and the word that, that, that we're bringing today, the stories are timeless. And it, it, you know, can encourage you today and you can listen to it a year from now or, or however long from now, and it's still going to have that same impact because, you know, when you live through something, it's completely different than when you hear someone tell you a story that's been like one, once or twice or 10 times told. And then by the time you tell it, it's kind of like, well, I think it was kind of like, I'm not really sure. Like all the, you know, it's like, no, when you live through something and you've gone through a test people know because you walk in, in, in that authority and in that strength and you carry that victory that maybe perhaps someone listening to us today will need. And so I just kind of, you know, would like to start by saying that um, I love my husband. My husband is a mighty man of God. He is a mighty man of strength. He's such a leader. He is, he's just, he's so fun to be around. Like, you know, when you, when you look forward to traveling with someone or when you look forward to going out with someone, even though you live with them all the time, that's like a good, fresh place to be. So, um, but you know, I, I, we kind of live our life in this place now where it's like we love to celebrate each other, our strengths, and even, you know, our weaknesses are, are a good thing because we've, we've come through so much. And I remember just looking, you know, thinking now, thinking back to a few years ago, we had, um, we were, we had a, a mutual acquaintance and this person said, you know, they were comparing their marriage to our marriage. And they were saying like, we just want to be, we, you know, we just love watching you guys. And oh my gosh, like I just, my marriage could be just like yours. And I was like, wait, like how long have you known me? And this lady says, well, I think I've known you almost a year now. And then I said, well, then you haven't really known me because if you really, you know, knew me for an extended amount of time, then you would know all the drama and all the trauma and all the things that we had to cross over, all the bridges that we had to cross over and the bridges we had to build just to get to the place where we were like looking at each other in the eye and really trusting each other because we went through so much, um, you know, in, in our marriage and um, my husband, he grew up in the church. He grew up, you know, with a family that was, uh, you know, generations of loving Jesus and serving in the ministry. And I did not. So when I met him, um, I didn't even know who the Lord was. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know any, you know, I was just kind of in my own little bubble. And so when I met him, I didn't realize that I was jumping into a relationship that had a lot of, you know, um, uh, chaos and a lot of, a you know, a, a, a person that had a lot of pain. And, and so I, I had no clue, but even then, even when my husband was an alcoholic and a drug addict and all that, he was still super fun and super charismatic and everybody wanted to be around him. And he had all the, you know, parties in the backyard and volleyball games and so on and so forth. So it's like, he like drew people, you know, just even back then. So we get, we get together, you know, we get married and then it just went from one bad situation to another, to the place where, you know, I didn't even realize that I was married, married to an addict. I didn't realize I was married to, you know, a really, really, really broken person. And I was also a really, really broken person. So literally like we were just in a spiral of down, down, down. And so someone invites me to, to church. I go to church. 
um, I meet, I meet the Lord. I, you know, get into a relationship with the Lord. And then I realize, like, whoa, like, it's like, the, you know how they say the veil. It's like my eyes were all of a sudden open. And I realized like, oh my God, like, you're not like, oh, okay. Mm. And, you know, then I had to really make a choice and really start my journey where I was, had to choose whether or not I wanted to live in this, you know, you think you, 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 you receive the Lord and everything's great. And then everything in your life changes. That's not really what happened in my life. Like it feels as if the minute I thought I was having this great thing happen in my life, everything kind of started getting worse. And, you know, I can honestly say, and he'll, he'll say it too. You know, I know that someday in the future, he'll be able to join us. So he can share from his, from his, you know, his story from his perspective. Mm -hmm. But I think that I finally got to the place where I had to make a choice for my life. I had to make a choice for my children. By the time I realized how bad our marriage was we were already you know we already had he 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 had a son my son pj my oldest that he brought into the marriage and i had a you know young daughter that i brought into the marriage and then together we had two children so we had now a family of four and he was Mm -hmm. in full on um addiction and just Mm -hmm. it was really really tough and i really in that moment, I had to make a choice for my life. You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to just live in this place of constant despair and depression? And, or am I just going to be like, whatever, like, I don't need this bye, you know, and leave him. And who knows what have, what would have happened to him or to me, you know, if I would have taken that and, kids. and my children, right. And their destinies, because, you know, now they all have like amazing destinies and families. So I, I love that God has brought so much redemption to our bloodline. And so um, we, ch- I just made a choice and my choice was, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to become a healthy person. I'm going to learn how to forgive. Cause I didn't even know how to forgive. I'm going to learn how to love. Cause I didn't know how to love. You think you know how to love, but when you come from broken, you know, family and broken, you know, uh, you know, home and relationships, and you don't, you really don't really know how to love, you know, you, you love in this way or that way, but not, not necessarily a healthy, um, you know, expression uh, of even the heart of the father. It's a lot of codependency, a lot of enmeshment, a lot of those kinds of things that just cycle you, you know, from one drama to situation to another. And I mean, I'm, I don't know if that's just my, well, my experience, but this is what I lived through. And so I think that making that choice, like no matter what it's going to cost me, I'm going to, I'm going to strengthen myself. I'm going to work on me. I'm going to learn to be a better person. I'm going to learn to be a stronger person. I, I, I literally like grabbed myself onto the Lord. And I was like, I don't even understand what's happening in my life right now. I thought that my life was going to be like this total transformation. And now I'm constantly living in contradiction of what you say is supposed to be my life. What you say I'm supposed to be walking through. This is not the blessing. And you know, there was times where I would, I would be just reading the word and I would read the word and I'd be like, where, like what there's what's going on? Like, what, what about me? You know what I mean? And so this constant situation that I was in was like, you know, I know that I'm doing this, I'm doing this for my better, but gosh, like I see this such a you know such a divide between what you say and what I hear you say and what's actually going on in my life do you understand what I'm saying absolutely yeah 
So I lived through this for a few years, you know, after I received the Lord and I made that commitment and I was like, I'm going to do this for myself. I'm going to do this for my children. I'm going to do this for my future. And I got weary. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yes. Be honest. I think a lot of people resonate. I got tired of coming home and, you know, the battle and the, this and the, that, and the contradiction Mm -hmm. and having to, you know, go back to the Lord and fight. And so, you know, they say like, you go to your knees. I was on my knees. I was on my face. I was rolling around. Like, I didn't care what I had to do. I was trying to get my promise and I just got tired. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I mean, I had asked him plenty of times, uh, you know, to give me the, the release to leave him. Mm-hmm. And I just kept hearing the Lord say, like, he has a heart of gold. Like, you don't know what I'm going to do in him. You don't know what I'm, you know, just wait and see. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and I would be like, oh, okay, like, you know, come on one more day, one, one more day, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean, he'll tell you his life was just, you know, he, he said that if he, he knows, recognizes now that if he hadn't have turned back to the Lord, he would have died or he would have killed somebody because he was like I he was just that in that bad situation out Mm -hmm. of control and so um I had kind of you know gotten weary and tired and I and I got this in my head that's like Lord your grace is going to cover me and and if I leave him you know then I ask for forgiveness you know I'm gonna be fine but that was not what he was calling me to and I know this story because you might be listening to it and be like, girl, you are out of control. You, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you? It's like, I know people have made different decisions and different choices and there's no judgment and no comparison. We yeah. all have our own journey. Yes. We all have our own story and God gives the grace for whatever mm-hmm. you're supposed to walk through. Yeah. And then, and so I, I had made the decision because I got so tired that the Lord is, you know, it's going to be fine. I'm going to hit the reset button and, you know, it's going to be all good. And that, but I had no peace in that. I had no peace. And I knew that I knew that I knew that that was not what I was supposed to walk. And so, Mm -hmm. but I had kind of, you know, put that in the back of my head and I started creating a plan to like leave because Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't, you know, I can't just live life like this in pain. And I had a plan. And that Sunday was like the weekend of our eight year anniversary. Right. So it was, I remember it so clearly because it was just like that. Like, I'm not going to, you know, in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to go through this again. I'm not going to, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. and that Sunday I got a word from the Lord. Somebody came and said, like, God said that if you hang on, like Mm -hmm. you just, you know, that he is going to bring him back like within this year and I know I mean trust me like I I know the prophecy prophetic word you can think this way or that way about it there's so many you know this and you know whatever but I knew this word came to me and I knew that that was the Lord instantly I felt total peace like instantly I felt like this strength just kind of pushed me to this place of like I can hang on and guess what after that things got worse it just got and it just got worse and 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 i and i was like okay lord if you if you're in this then i need you to give me a love for him that is like 
like your love, like give me your heart and show me how to love him with your heart. Show me, just, I just said to the Lord, like, I don't even know what to do. And so the Lord started revealing to me the nature of his unconditional love and the nature of his agape and, and how I, you know, I was to learn to love him just like the father did. And even if he came home worse, I, I, I just learned to love him with this la- love that lavishes no matter what. Right. It's like, yes. I didn't care. He would come home just completely out of, and I would just be like, oh my gosh, like, oh babe, like, come in. Are you hungry? I, sometimes I took his shoes off. I know it's like, it was just this wild kind of abandonment, abandoned love that I all of a sudden had for him. I'm, I'm not kidding you. And there was days where I would go in the bathroom where I'd be like, in the name of Jesus. And I would just buy, you know, in the bathroom, just battle in, in Jesus name. And I'd be like, okay, Lord, I know you're going to clothe me with your grace. You're going to release your peace over me. And I would walk out there and I would make him dinner and just kind of lavished him. And guess what? Wow. Little over two months after that. So that was like April, the last week of April, the, the, in mid June, I don't remember the exact date, but it was mid June, just a few months later, he gets up one day and he is like, I think I want to go to church today. And I was like, what? And so I'm like, really? You know, of course, this, you know, this hope and this like excitement. And I'm like, okay, but you know, I don't want to, I got to keep it down because I don't want to have like this, you know, hope and then have it get crushed. So I'm like, okay, come on. And so literally like that day, he surrendered to the Lord. And you know what happened after that? We had to work on rebuilding our marriage we had to work on the pain we had to work on Mm -hmm. the the things that had wounded me and also the wounds that I had from my past and he had to work on all the stuff that he had brought into our relationship yeah and the wounds that he had from his past and the pain that he was carrying that he was just Mm -hmm. numbing with you know with whatever he felt like doing that day you know so we entered together into this process of almost, I would say about two years where we were in counseling, you know, having, you know, therapy and, and he would go and then I would go and then we would go together and then we worked together and communication is, I mean, just things that it might seem like, like people, everybody knows how to do this. Well, I, I didn't know. And he mm-hmm. didn't know. And we were just living from crisis to crisis and trying to maintain and keep mm-hmm. peace in our home. But, you know, we all, we all know that, that, that we, he came in with a broken heart. I came in with a broken heart and all this pain. And I feel like it was our season for both of us to get healing, not only from the stuff that we put each other through, but from all the, all the other luggage that we, that we carried. And, you know, and I want to read a scripture in Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves and rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And you know what, wow. during that season, we really drew close to him and drew close to each other, which is really, truly right. The way we're supposed to live and walk in our relationships and in our marriages. But sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with all the stuff over here and over there, and then your kids and then this and that, and that, and the all, all the other stuff that happens in the midst of all the crisis, it's, it's easy to lose sight of who, who really God is in that situation and how close he really is. And now, I mean, looking back, 
he was with me. He he not only carried me, he comforted me. He 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 just poured his presence over me. When I when I was receiving grace for this for the moment, it was Jesus that was with me. It was my shepherd that was leading and comforting me, guiding me, protecting me. And sometimes you don't really understand that when you're in the middle, when you're in the midst of that battle. And so I feel like even in this moment, you know, you may be listening to me share this. And I feel like even I'm being stirred to that place of compassion passion. And I feel like the Lord wants you to know that he is your shepherd. He is so close to you. He's, he, he is going to bring his arm of protection over you, but he's also going to feed you and nurture you in this moment where you need his presence so close. And so I, I speak yeah. to your heart. I speak to your heart, woman. I speak to your heart, man, or son or daughter, just know that he is with you. He's not left you. And as you continue to draw near to him, he is going to draw Draw near to you in such a beautiful and special way, just like you did with us, with me. And uh, you know, it, it's funny because now that I look back, I'm like, I was like, I'm, I completely surrendered and submitted myself to what the Father wanted for our marriage. And like I said, I don't compare that to anybody else's because I know mm -hmm. that there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of you know disappointments that God has to heal before the healing comes right before you you get there in as a couple individually you have to deal with your own pain and your own you have to forgive and forgive again and forgive yeah. again and again and again again you know all that you know just going back to what the lord called me to and that unconditional love that he spoke to me to mm -hmm. release to him i didn't really understand in the moment that i was doing it what i was actually doing you know i didn't get it i I did it, but I didn't really truly understand. And it wasn't until years later, I want to say it was maybe three years after he came back to the Lord in 1996, three years later, I think it was 1999, he was sharing a testimony because somebody said, hey, can you come up and share a testimony? You know, and he got up on the platform and, you know, the church didn't really know all this stuff about him because I didn't expose him and say, he's a drug addict an alcoholic you know I didn't you know, I didn't I didn't say all I just kind of covered I kept two or three prayer partners and then with them I shared everything but corporately I would just say like I need prayer for my marriage mm -hmm. um you know I need I need healing I need help that this is this was my you know I, I tried to protect them as much as possible because I didn't want to expose them you know I just mm -hmm. I, I didn't I don't know why but I just didn't and so Years later, as he's on the platform sharing his testimony, and he's talking about, you know, the the pain that he was in, the the drugs, mm -hmm. the alcohol, all the all those years that he lived in this pain from when he was a young man. I mean, it's just the 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 deep place, yeah. you know, the roots of everything, and the deep place that the Lord healed him. Mm -hmm. um, he said he shared this in the testimony. He said. I came home and I was coming home in the state where I had completely lost all sense of who I was and that, wow. and my wife was like, just treating me like so beautiful. And he's like, I was come home expecting this battle, expecting to just kind of fight and, you know, this back and forth, where were you, what were you doing all this stuff? He said, and she just kind of started giving me this love that 
I had never really felt before. And he said, and then I recognized that it really wasn't her. He said, I realized that it was God that through her that was ministering to me, this deep love that I always longed for, that I wanted. And, and, you know, he, he reflected and, and, you know, when he was really out of it, he would say, he would talk to himself and he would say like, I want to go home. I want to go home. You know, like he knew, he knew in his, in the, depth of his heart that he was lost you know and then he had this moment kind of like the prodigal where he was like what am I doing you know then that's when he recognized that the father had been loving him and had been drawing him back and as God had used me you know and I didn't even again didn't not I'm not trying to shine my badge I'm just saying like I just was just did it out of you know sheer <laughs> desperation probably like you know and he said, like, I really recognize that the kindness of the Lord was driving me back. Yeah. The love of God was driving me back. And she loved me like I had never been loved before. And when he said that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, I get overwhelmed. But when he You're said good. that, he like, in that moment, I just sitting there listening to him talking about me and my children who were teenagers at that time a few of them were they were like like what like all this stuff that that had literally been walking through and because of the grace of the lord was on our family on our lives on their lives and and the power of prayer they had really not seen their dad in this way and they just really only saw him as just this awesome tat you know they didn't realize all the pain that we were walking in in our marriage and so but I feel like, you know, there is this moment where it just all of a sudden, it just kind of culminated to like God's perfect healing right wow. here, right now. And it was a divine, a divine thing that happened. And after that, you know, we, we had this really tender moment at home and he was just thanking me, like, thank you. And, wow. you know, I just, we felt the presence of God and it's like, almost like all these little loose ends that just got tucked in wow. and you know truly God did a miracle in our marriage and in our lives and I don't ever take it for granted that's why you know I love to talk about the goodness of God I love to talk about you know his love I love to talk about restoration I believe that he can do a miracle in anybody's life he can bring bring anybody from you know whatever situation they're in whether it's complete brokenness or they're, they're totally lost he can bring redemption from anyone's life and then of course from that point forward we just were growing in our marriage and really learning each other and you know through the different seasons of life that we that we've walked through together it's just been an even greater increase of you know his love and and, and his presence over our lives that's really I mean, like I said, that's why I love to be around him now because it's like, man, you're so much fun. And now it's like good fun. It's like, yeah, you know, so that, and you know, that is it. Like God spoke to, to me, that word of faith. And I feel like I took that word and I activated it when I brought, when I said, I'm, I got this. Okay. Mm -hmm. And even though, like I've said several times, like I did not know what I was doing, like allowing myself, submitting myself to him and allowing him to help me and lead me through the process is really what brought us to the other side. So that's so yeah. good. <laughs> so good. Thank you for your transparency and your vulnerability and the infusion of hope. 
And I think that a lot of times as I'm listening, I work with a lot of people in um, whether it's the male who's waiting for the female or the female waiting for the male, whatever dynamic you might be in, in your marriage, um, that there's such a struggle in one feeling like they should do it for me if I'm going to do it for them. And so in the marriage research, the literature, it's called a reciprocal marriage that I'll scratch your back. If you scratch my back, I'll serve you. If you serve me versus a covenantal. And so the literature would now describe what you're explaining of, I show up fueled by the Holy spirit so that I can do my part irrespective when the other person is, or is not doing their part. And that's easy to say, it's easy to write about. It's easy to do research and marriage, um, on the outsider, on the clinical side, but to actually be somebody who has been in the trenches, a new believer and saying, God, this is what your word says. My life looks nothing like this. I'm going to receive this word. And every time I get a a prophetic word or encouragement or scripture, it's like, it gets five times worse. makes me think of um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, how the fire actually got turned up when they were being obedient and how in that testing, in that fire, it just purifies our motives. And for any of you out there listening, I want to honor your experience, honor the grief and frustration and the pain. This is not to minimize what you've walked through. Some of it is really egregious things that we can't even fathom what you've endured. Um, But at the same time, whether it's your marriage or your finances, or your kids, or your health, or something else, all of us are going through sanctification. All of us have to submit for our character to yield and surrender so that we look like and smell like and act like Christ. And so for some of you out there, one, the first thing that I'm hearing Norma say is change who your source is. If your source is your spouse, then they are your God. And the Lord, as much as he adores you, he will not bless you having another God before him. Mm -hmm. So if you are looking to your spouse to be your source, you will get very resentful. You'll feel entitled to have attitude because they are supposed to meet your needs. And when they're not, then I have the right to be offended because we're supposed to be this little team and blah, blah, blah. When in reality, the Lord is saying, would you look to me as your source? And I think it's so beautiful how she shared transparently going, hey, I really tried, but then I just got burnt out and tired and I couldn't do it anymore in my own strength. And so now I'm looking to the Lord as my strength. And some of you are weary in well-doing. You have been trying for so long to work on this marriage, have a good attitude, show up, be pretty much a single parent while the other person, male or female, is off kind of doing their own thing and you're holding down the fort. It's really unfair. It's a really frustrating. And it's hard not to get resentful. It's, ti- it's hard not to get tired. Um, and then compare and go, Lord, why are you letting them get away with that? Well, I'm the one trying to be faithful and obedient and it's much harder and getting worse on me but when you're saying i fully surrender and god would you come give me the grace to do what you're asking me to do many of us pray popcorn prayers and we don't sit long enough to receive Mm. and so if you'll just turn all the distractions off turn the tv off turn off all the other things the noise and lay in his presence i call it soaking you might call it just laying on the kitchen floor um, driving in the car going on a walk letting god fill you back up and refresh you ask him to give you the grace to do what's impossible in your own strength because any 
human male or female would have given up enormous situation, his addiction getting worse, probably financial issues, all kinds of staying out all hours, trust issues, not cherishing her, not loving her like Christ loves the church, like all the things that would break a woman's heart. And yet through the grace of God, she was able to start serving him in a way that was so opposite of the human nature and the flesh to say, I'm not going to do it if you're not going to do it. But the harvest that she got, because she was ministering to deep places in him that were strongholds. And again, you may be a male listening to this and just change the story that your wife may have major, major strongholds inside of her soul. And you may be the ambassador and you can say no. You can opt out. You don't have to say yes to the good, perfect, pleasing will of God. But if you will say yes, and you will partner with the Lord, you could get a spouse with a heart of gold. You could help unlock them, which unlocks your marriage and the potential and the children and legacy that will live beyond you. So Norma, what happened next? So now your husband is knowing Christ's love and the pursuit of the father through you as an extension of a human with flesh on loving and serving him in his worst moments. Now you're not enabling, you're just supernaturally loving his identity apart from his behavior. So what happens next? So I feel like it's really important to to just kind of, you know, highlight the fact that we didn't just say, oh, everything's great now. Yes. We actually went through the process of healing and restoration yeah. personally and together as a couple. We went yeah. through counseling and even still now, like I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for wellness and counseling and all that stuff. So even now, I mean, like I said, every season in life brings its own little goodies, right? And so yeah. Even now, we if we need help, if we need a little bit, if we get a little stuck, mm-hmm. and we go back back to therapy, back to counseling, whether it's yeah. two of us or the one of us or whatever. And that place of commitment to mm-hmm. to seeing each other walk in our full potential, I think that was probably one of the biggest keys that helped us to create a good foundation uh, for what God was going to do. So that literally, He you know, I just kind of, you know, decided I'm going to, you know, make a little bit of a a career shift. And then, you know, I shifted over, I started working uh, at the church at just, you know, an an admin job. And then he, uh, he just, you know, started also working at the church in, in, in one of the departments. And I think being in that place where, we really had surrounded ourselves with people that were committed to our success was Mm. a deal. And so he was asked to go to a missions trip to India, actually, of all places. And so um, he, after he came back from this trip, he he was transformed. It's like all the things that he had dreamt about, all the places in his life that, Mm. you know, had this expectation were all of a sudden awakened. And so that really brought him to a place where it's like, there's more, there's more than just existing. There's more than just, you know, being here. Like God has a perfect plan for my life. And so he made decisions to, to kind of position himself to, you know, to continuously go on these trips because he felt like even, I mean, he did Bible college, he did all that, but even more than that, it was the experience of being out in another country, serving, you know, serving the people of India that really brought him to this place where, you know, he was really like, 
oh my gosh, like I love this. Like I love serving God and I love, you know, love, you know, watching him do miracles, watching him heal people. Like that was the thing that just, you know, like he was just so excited for the next trip, for the next trip. And so I think that, like I said, as we grew together, we started growing like individually in our own personalities and God just started giving him favor and opening doors. And, you know, he's so like, whatever, he's just, he'll do whatever. He's not even, you know, he has a saying and he says that you're never too big to do the little things and you're never too little to do the big things. And because he's so not, he doesn't like to like, you know, go around, you know, bringing his own bell or whatever. It's like God continued to open the doors uh, more and more uh, for him. And I, I feel like as much as I wanted to be, you know, all in on the front lines with him for a season, I really took like a, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting, I'm with my kids where, you know, our children are growing and this and that's going on. Um, but then we finally, you know, got to the place where it's like now our dreams that we've had to do ministry together are, are reality, you know? So mm-hmm. those, those are the things that I think that, you know, when you look back, you can't, you can't, you can see how, you know, all the steps that we had to take to get here, but it's like, I could have never seen myself, you know, like I, there's so many things that the Lord has allowed me to do, like an experience. It's just, it's amazing. You know, I'm kind of reminded of um, Naomi and, and Ruth and, and, and at that, they're, them being at that crossroads. You remember that in the book of Ruth in chapter one, where Naomi is rehearsing all the pain and all the turmoil and everything that she's lost. I mean, I, that's probably just, I love, 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 love. That's the, the book of Ruth and that story. And, and she's telling these girls like, you know, go and you go back to your tribe and you go do your thing because I will never. And then she tells them like she opens up her their, her heart. She says, I'm so bitter because God has done all these. Like, I has dealt with me in, in, in these ways. And, you know, all we all we all, you know, are familiar with that. Then she then she puts them in a place where they have to choose. Mm. They have to choose what's yeah. next. They have yeah. to choose what are we going to do next? And Orpa, you know, it, you know, she, she goes on her own and which is fine. That's a, that's a choice of courage to, yeah. to go this way. Is it also a choice of courage? And then Ruth tells Naomi, no, I'm going to be with you. Like your, your people are my people, your tribe, my tribe, and your God, my God. And wherever you go, I'm, I'm, I'm there. You can count on me. And I feel like I always ask this question, like, what was it that Ruth saw in Naomi? What what was that thing? Was it the fact that she, in her strength, was able to 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 go from you know from her from her tribe from her home to a foreign land and then live through the death of her husband and then raise their boys and live through the de- the death of the boys and all that and now choose to take a path back to her home that would have to take her basically processing all the stuff that she had you know all the residue from the pain that she had because of the losses in her life you know what I'm saying so. This choice that Ruth made to create this covenant is, I think, the the choice that we all have to make at different crossroads of our life. So I'm sure, you know, you're listening to me, you're probably thinking about some of the choices that you've made, some of the things that you've walked through. And she she makes this choice. And even after they choose to go back to Bethlehem, she has to go to work and she has to be just like one of the girls. You know what I mean? Before the favor of God brought her to the place where she, you know, basically brought redemption 
to her bloodline. And I think that that's really, I would have never, ever, ever thought like, you know, I'm being used to bring this man back to the Lord. And then as he does this, Mm. this is what's going to happen in his family, in his family, these things are going to happen. And then we're going to see miracles in our family. We're going to see, you know, miracles in in my family who like none of them, you know, knew the Lord. And we're going to see miracles in our children. We're going to see miracles in the church and in India and in Mexico and, you know, in Europe and all over the place. Like, how do you, how do you have this where, where you can see like, well, yeah, God can speak to you. But sometimes it's just knowing that if you're following and trusting that peace that he puts on you, like he's going to put you in the path of prosperity and he is with you. He is with you and, you know, trust him. So I don't know if I answered your question. I did yeah. around and around, but yeah, all that to say that I feel like you don't always know yeah. how God is going to use you, the redemption that you're going to bring. Yeah. Um, in many, you know, even in your own life, yeah. but I think that God, God has, you know, he is the author, he yeah. is the finisher, and he is not going to leave you halfway in your journey. That's so good. Yes. And I feel like you're highlighting on, um, I have a sense that a lot of people listening are in crossroads mm-hmm. and I do want to affirm to you that your situation is not fair. You're right. It is not fair. But the cool thing about God is when you sow seed and you don't see a harvest right now, right now and right away, there's these deep roots that are being formed and established. Mm -hmm. And so when you get the harvest, now there's this rich explosion. When you sow privately and say, God, I choose not to be offended. I choose to serve. I choose to love. I choose to obey when it is hard. There are now testimony after testimony of people like Norma who can say, man, my life is so sweet. I don't even recognize it, that she's living this harvest life, this sweet season, but she went through a lot of years of weary and tired and burnt out and unfair. And everybody in her life, I'm sure said, just leave him. Like he's a deadbeat. He's an addict. Like he's not going to change. Forgiving and forgiving and forgiving and, forgiving and you know, releasing. Mm-hmm to the Lord yeah. is not a one-time thing. In the process, you mm. have to do that over and over and over. Yeah. And of course, being a psychologist, I want to highlight, I love that as pastors, that they are so open with, yes, therapy is really a good idea. Um, For me, as much as anybody else, we've all got stuff down there. And just because you're anointed and you have a call in your life and you may influence thousands and millions, it doesn't mean you don't have your own stuff that needs to be tended to and healed and ministered to. Some of us can go on a adrenaline and anointing for a really long time and not know that we've got some broken legs and the unconscious and we've got some stuff that isn't being dealt with. And the enemy is going to use that as a bullseye. And as a strategist, he will wait and he'll sit on that, sit on that, sit on that, and then try to humiliate you, trigger that area in your life at the most embarrassing time. So I love how they're not just saying, yay, the miracle happened. And then we never had to deal with anything. That's not real life. We're still humans and they're in a marriage. So they still have to learn how to conflict and communicate and love languages. And how do we do date nights? And how do we, you know, 
deal with the day-to-day of responsibilities. And so I love, love, love that as pastors today, now they co-pastor, they're in a position of uh, influence and leadership and they're leading from healthy souls and a healthy marriage because they're willing to say, we need help. And we're going to let the body of Christ minister to us strategically through counseling, going to therapy, pastoral counseling, leadership, accountability, community, whatever that may look like in each season, it may be different. You don't have to go to a psychologist, but obviously I'm going to have a bias and highlight that I think it's really great. And I did not pay her or tell her to say that I was listening just as excited that she said it as well. Um, So I want to normalize that if you are somebody who has gone through breathing on this planet, (laughs) like anything, just being alive here. um, There's probably some stuff that could use some ministry that could use some one-on-one time or a couple time or family time. And so we just want to remove the stigma and that there's the spirit part where you do things radically by faith and you forgive and you do the supernatural, but we're also soul beings and we have to now walk through the healing process Absolutely. and making that normal as a part of our culture. And so I want to thank you, Norma, for your time today. We are absolutely having you and your husband back. Y'all are crazy anointed and wonderful. Um, and how can people connect with you? We'll have some links, but also, is there anything specific if they want to connect with you? Well, we actually have a ministry called Beautiful Life Global. And so you can just find us or you can find us on social media. Um, we love uh we love to serve and we love the Lord, of course, and bringing, you know, the, the, the reality of the supernatural life and the walk of Jesus to today and not yeah. like you said, not making it to where it's like only certain people can do mm-hmm. this. Like all of us can walk in this victory and super excited, um, you know, for, for what God is doing, you know, through this podcast and through you um, and through the many people that are choosing today to partner with Jesus and Mm -hmm. and take him along in the journey because journey is going to happen. You just get to choose like who you walk with. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, thank you. Thank you for the privilege. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you for hours, but I love you guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We will definitely have Norma back. Um, And please join us for the next episode. Make sure you like and subscribe and share this podcast because we really have prayed over it that this would meet the right person at the right time to help unlock some things and help set people free in those choosing decisions that they They choose life and legacy above the immediate gratification of what the flesh wants. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Unlock You. It is our dream to invest in you. And one of the ways you can do that is by getting more of the bonus material, the content, and to know about future events. Head to the website, drshannoncrawford.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and you'll be the first to know what we're rolling out. And we want you to truly get unlocked so that you can thrive, not only for yourself, but also for the greater calling on your life. Let's link arms and do it together. See you in the next episode.